0: Better than this, guys. Be,
1: be I'm ready. Let's go. Uh
0: hi. This is Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. Is, is this real right now? Yeah. And we are your hosts takes here on takes baby Tuesday takes on takes edition of the show. Turns out we didn't get fired for going with the long podcast
1: on Monday. Well, we're actually also recording this one on Monday, so who knows?
0: Dang it, Kyle. You weren't Before. supposed to help.
1: <laughs> <laughs> If we're gone on Wednesday, you know what happens. All
0: right, so that's it. We really have an extra day to find out if we've been terminated. But today, we're going to deliver Takes on Takes because we're recording it on Monday afternoon. And y'all gave us some fun stuff to get into here. There could be some fighting, some bickering, maybe some mad people. And you know that always sets the tone for a good Takes on Takes.
1: I'm upset with this first one already. And, right.
0: right. and that's why I want to give it to you. I put it there first because I knew you <sighs> needed to have it. And I'll start by telling you that this comes from Sports Picks, who's a Raiders fan who has a Raiders player as his Avi. And he was turned in by Bronco Hollick. <laughs> inter-
1: interdivisional right. crime here.
0: It's always the best. Here it goes Noah Fant can't block for shit. Broncos had a trash
1: ass draft lol. Tattle takes. All right. Well, my response to this is I don't know if Noah Block can block for shit or not. But I know I can block for shit, and I'm going to block you on Twitter right now. Sports. (laughs) This is Z in sports. Sports. He doesn't follow me. He's got 167 followers, and now he's blocked.
0: There's going to be a moment in his life where he sees like somebody retweets you, and it comes across their timeline, and they click clicks on your
1: name, and he's going to wonder what happened. I never interacted with this guy, and it's the slander against Noah Fan.
0: (laughs) You're stupid. So. I have blocked like three people ever
1: on Twitter. Well, I need to I need to start doing it more. To be honest with you, it's just not worth the negative energy. I'm sending you a picture for documentation, okay, to confirm that this has been the deed has been done. He's been blocked. Uh, the Broncos did not have a trash has draft. For clarification, Drew Locke is a long way away, uh, but they did get Dalton Reisner and they did get Noah offense, no matter what. And I think those two players are going to be plus starters for them. For quite a long time, I think. Justin Hollins, right? Players, Yeah, Hollins is, a, uh, is an upside developmental guy as a defender with some versatility. So they came away with some good football players. They did not have a trash draft. <laughs> trash ass draft, though? Trash, trash. No, they didn't have that either. Neither. Wow. Okay. Take from Mantis Toboggan MD. I feel like he's got his own week, weekly take now, too.
0: Yeah, I, like, I respect it.
1: Uh, despite having a poor running game, the Falcons will have a top five offense because of an MVP caliber quarterback in matt ryan the best wide receiver in the nfl julio jones a young stud in calvin ridley a pro bowl tight end in austin hooper and a dependable wide receiver in muhammad sanu And even at, mention the offensive line <laughs> that's probably
0: where i would start uh but adam shine on nfl.com actually predicted them to be the number one offense in football this year so there's some buzz on this falcons offense and there's a lot to like obviously matt ryan's one of the better quarterbacks in the league they have great receivers you know, Devonta Freeman is a really good fit for this offense. Don't necessarily love the depth behind him. Uh, hot take, Brian Hill's better than Edo Smith. Um, I don't love Austin Hooper. I don't think he's the most dynamic football player at tight end, and I think there's some questions on this offensive line. Uh, whether I mean, even if Caleb McGarry was going to be healthy, uh, obviously had that heart surgery, and so we don't know when he'll be back, and that puts Ty Sembrelo into the starting lineup. And, you know, I like Jake Matthews. I like Alex Mack. I like Chris Lindstrom, but and, and James Carpenter. I mean, he's he's kind of been an up and down throughout his career. He's kind of a weird fit for this offense. And then you know, right tackle is a concern. So this is going to be a good offense. I think probably definitely a top ten. But I mean, the Chiefs, the Browns, uh,
1: well, the Browns have a worse offensive line than the they do than the Falcons. Do. They do. And I would say this: it's Saints. okay to have it's okay to have a bad starter on the offensive line. You just can't have them next to each other, right? So the I say the the all that's don't have still, that. Like the Falcons, like
0: to me, it's when you're at. They're in the upper tier of offenses in the league. I'm not convinced they're number one. Uh, he said top five.
1: It's their top five.
0: Uh, I think there's more in the top ten than the top five.
1: Wow, disrespect! I actually think they are top five offense, but that's really? all I'm gonna say on that. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say on that. Really? Okay. Do we have a bet? Do we have a bet here? Ooh, this is fun let come the, back what, to it let's get what, no, let's what's, keep the line moving here what's the measure yards per game i don't know you tell me that's that's how they that's how the nfl
0: measures uh, ranks offense and defense yards per game
1: or scoring scoring or offense
0: yeah so or do you or want scoring, to score?
1: scoring offense or yards I, if,
0: if you give me yards i'll take outside of the top five
1: yeah all right let's do it all right we're on the books Two bets in. Lock it in. Two bets in already.
0: All right. Somebody's got to keep track of this because we won't. It won't be us. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I did the, my Dallas Cowboys superlatives. That's a good football team, man. I know. Crap. They're really good. Why
1: are, are, I don't know why people are projecting this team to win like nine games. No, game. I, they're, they're good.
0: They're good. They're good on defense. Are, their offense is going to be better this year with Frederick back, Connor Williams in year two, Dak yes. with another year, Gallup in year two with a whole season of Amari, Randall Cobbs here, Jason Witten's back. They're deep at running back. I don't feel as good as I once did about that other bet because I took a real hard look at the Cowboys for my superlative piece.
1: Oh. Hey, look, I'm on the record, but I, I'm going to go Happy ahead and start. i learned how to put. Listen,
0: listen, Ry, Ry Booth has a question for you. He said, have you okay. checked out Jalen Johnson, the cornerback from Utah? Didn't see any information uh, from you on him, speaking wow. to you, Kyle. So my takes on takes is that Feels Jalen down. Johnson will be a top two corner in the 2020 class and number one in the Pac-12.
1: I haven't formally written him up. So, Rye Booth, you're not wrong. I don't have any info from me on him on the website yet. But I've seen some of these Utah defenders, and I've seen enough of Johnson, you know, that like he's he's another big, long guy, right? Yeah, he's the Rouser douglas Yeah, and he's uh, physical. Yep. He's got good ball skills. Uh, is he a top two corner in the class and number one in the Pac-12? Unless Paulson Adebo retires or transfers, <laughs> I'm going to disagree. But, you know, I believe we, I believe some of the exchange that we had was centered around Paulson Adebo. So uh, if, if you haven't read any of my Paulson Adebo takes, anybody listening to the show, um, I think Paulson Adebo's – like a top 20 caliber prospect. I think he's a great tackler. Um, He's physical. Uh, His ability to locate the football when in transition and when transitioning into playing in phase and in the the hip pocket of receivers is just phenomenal. Watch the organ tape. You want to to see a guy uh, who provided just phenomenal coverage. And like Herbert, it was like Herbert's resume game, right? Like there were some balls – that Herbert threw targeting Paulson Adebo in coverage, that Paulson Adebo literally had perfect coverage on, and the ball still got caught. But when it mattered most, in overtime, Herbert takes a shot at Adebo, and Adebo makes a phenomenal play on the football. So Adebo, for me, uh, would be the top Pac-12 corner.
0: There's important context coming here for this next one. And here it's,
1: it's, it's it's not your turn.
0: Yeah, but you have to read it to me.
1: Oh, okay. So (laughs) So you just gave me a, actually the joke's on you. I have a, I have a a gorilla take.
0: Oh, wow. Should we just do that
1: one instead? Yeah, let's do that one instead. Okay, good, good. All right, take it. Okay. It comes from at the Tate (laughs) Martell. Word of advice. Don't swing and miss dot, 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 (laughs) especially your second time.
0: Oh, Tate, the receipts are bad, brother. There's some other ones, like that DM with uh, Starkle and all that, man.
1: It wasn't too Starkle, but Starkle got a hold of it. And Starkle was the one that tweeted it out. God, dude. It said, I'm going to Texas A&M because Nick Starkle's the only quarterback they have there, and Nick Starkle's trash.
0: No, he said he was ass, isn't he? Didn't, or ass. Tr- yeah, God. We haven't heard a lot of good things about Tate Martell. Like, I know, I know he's a big-time recruit, but, like, some of the people we've got a chance to speak with around Miami, man, just kind of alluded to this when we had those conversations earlier in the summer and and I don't know man, I, you just don't get the impression that this is like a, a guy that has a um, the right mentality, if you will, to complement his talent. And he just uh, transferred we're at the Miami point Now and,
1: we got we gotta start questioning what the talent is.
0: <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> the
1: front right uh, ends up over. going says he's going to. Texas A&M, and he ends up going to Ohio State. And then uh, he loses out the the job to Haskins and then uh, transfers out because he's scared of Justin Fields and goes to Miami and then loses the starting job at Miami to a redshirt freshman. So he's provided plenty of content for himself based on his conduct throughout the course of his journey through college football.
0: Kind of have a spicy one about Sam Darnold here for you in a moment, but before we get there, I want to talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go and you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra per- function to enhance performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed that line and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a deal for you. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code locked on. Just have to pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B L U E chewcom promo code locked on to try it free. Bluechew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Kyle, got one on Sam Darnold. This one comes from Michael Christopher. He says, Darnold will be the breakout star, and whoever ranked him low in their draft rankings because of turnover issues overlooked the it factor, accuracy on the move, which translates to the NFL now. Sam will become a star.
1: Well, that qualifies both of us, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. We didn't – I mean, I don't think that I didn't like him, but I had my reservations.
1: As did I. And Sam was a player who, for me, ranked, I believe, right around 40. I believe it was the same general range for you. Yeah. Um, But when you acknowledge the fact that he's a quarterback and positional value, and if you have need at that position, I had no qualms with the Jets picking Mm -hmm. him at three. But the risk, I thought, was higher uh, for him. Uh. Is there an it factor here? Absolutely. If you look at the last six weeks that he played in 2018, he played very, very good down the stretch for the New York Jets. Uh, the mobility piece of Sam is very valuable. Uh, I would not have classified him as overly accurate when on the move. Um, I think you'll get ebbs and flow in that when when Sam's in the zone. Sure. Uh, But Sam was one of those guys for me that I thought uh, his uh, velocity on the ball and his accuracy when he was on the move or forced off his spot uh, was not like Josh Allen level or, you know, from an accuracy perspective, like Baker Mayfield level. Right. Like I didn't think the ball exploded out of his hands. I didn't think he had pinpoint accuracy when he was forced off his spot. But it seems like he's harnessed the ability to kind of hedge the playmaking ability with making better decisions. And the the decision-making was the big thing for Sam that I had some apprehension with coming in. And, um, it's now a question of, can you progress forward and continue to build upon what he did over those six weeks? And if he does, then yeah, I'll probably regret having him closer to 40 in my draft rankings than, than three where he was actually drafted. But, um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if this is the year that that Darnold makes the jump to become a quote star.
0: Doesn't this go back to risk assessment? You talk about this a lot in, in the work that we do. We're assessing risk, and in Sam Darnold, there's a lot to like. It's easy to identify those things, but we have a really funky guy in terms of mechanics. We have a guy that had ball security issues like in a big way, and they weren't gone last year as a rookie. And so, when we're assessing the risk of the player. I'd not I, I think it's okay to have him in that range, but still acknowledge that I get it if you want to take him heck even number one overall.
1: Yes. I think that's very fair way to put it as far as what the upside is there versus what some of the concerns are. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. Um the sports nut, this for you? I think so. Not only does Brian Burns lead rookies in sack this year, with the front line of McCoy, Poe, and Kawan Short taking up attention, Brian Burns will have a real good shot at that 14-and-a-half sack rookie record.
0: Well, I I certainly think with Nick Bosa, looks like he's just going to be hobbled all year long with injuries, got an ankle sprain right now, uh, that you know, Brian Burns, you and I both are on record as saying that Brian Burns was the best pass-rushing prospect in last year's class. And so it's not surprising to me to think that he can lead the rookies in sacks this year, 14 and a half. I do like that. In addition to the players that had that were mentioned, McCoy, McCoy, Poe, uh, short. I mean, there's other good pass rushers on this team. You Irvin,
1: said, you, just to clarify, you said uh, Colt McCoy, Gerald
0: yep. McCoy. Did I say Colt McCoy? Gerald McCoy, Don Terry, Poe, <laughs> then Terry Poe. K.K. Short. There's also Mario Addison. There's Bruce Irvin. They drafted Christian Miller. And so I think that the pressure overall on this football team is going to be increased. This is a team that blitzed a ton last year and really struggled to get pressure in sacks. And so they've done a good job of using the resources available to improve an important component of their football team. I think Burns is going to feast. And I think he can challenge 14 and a half. It's hard for me to predict the guy to break a record. You know, that's always challenging. But do I think double-digit sacks are are certainly in the cards for Burns? Absolutely. Mitch, Mitch says
1: Jameis. Winston. I feel like I feel like you should give me the next one. What about Winston? No, about Carr. Okay. Because it's it's in the voice. You got to do it in the voice.
0: Oh, okay, so that's fine. We'll, let's flip it. All right, you get Trevor Joseph. Yeah. Trevor yeah. Joseph. In Gruden voice, I'll tell you what, man. Derek Carr just ain't doing it for me. But that Jake Fromm kid out of Georgia, I like that kid, man. I say we take him round two at pick 35 and just like I had Andy
1: Dalton back in 2011. Hashtag takes on takes. Yeah. Curtin's I mean, love that, from, man. that's, yeah, he is. Because, I mean, we're already loving Jake or Nate Peterman. <laughs> Uh, like, are we really doing this? No, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're gonna make Nate Peterman a thing again, huh? I There's Raiders beat
0: reporters that have put on Twitter that Nate Peterman's growing on them.
1: Yeah, I know. Kyle, I mean, don't I, don't don't do this to yourself. I intimately know Nate Peterman, and he's
0: awesome in preseason. And I'm sure of he's a million he bucks in practice. But that arm, when it comes to NFL games, brother, he can't float that ball out there on deep
1: outs. He can't do it. Right. Imagine in the Raiders passing offense. Can't Nate Peterman trying to throw the ball down the field. You can't imagine Nate Peterman trying to throw a a deep ball to Antonio Brown, assuming Antonio Brown plays. (laughs) Kyle, imagine, imagine what that would look like. He needs to
0: get the 2000 Buccaneers defense back in the mix. And if he's going to do this again with, you know, Brad Johnson winning a Super Bowl, because Brad Johnson did win a Super Bowl with John Gruden. But brother, that 2000 Buccaneers defense ain't walking through the door in Oakland right now.
1: I'll say this about this take. I think round two, pick 35, just like Andy Dalton, who right now is my comp for Jake Fromm. I like a lot of the valuation that we're suggesting there. And I could see the Raiders if, if things do not materialize. It, like if the Raiders are picking at three and 35 next year, then yeah, you, you yeah. should be in the market for a quarterback. Yeah. Oh gosh. Because yeah. it's year three new coaching regime. Like if you don't make some kind of change to buy yourself time, like Gruden's not going anywhere, make no mistake, but they're, they're really going to alienate fans quickly. If they stay status quo with Derek Carr and, and John Gruden, and they're picking third overall again next year.
0: And they got that Bears pick, too.
1: Correct. Well, the Bears ain't picking 35.
0: No, they're not. But somewhere in 18 to 30, I guess.
1: So 18 to 30, big strikes on there. Bears
0: are hard to figure out, man. Yeah, (laughs) They really are. (laughs)
1: Uh, So I can see the fit with the team. I can see why Gruden would like him, right? Because he's such a smart decision maker. Um, even with the athletic limitations that he has, we're seeing he's willing to make some concessions on the arm because we're seeing it with Nate Peterman being on the roster right now, probably (laughs) going to be the backup quarterback. So, yeah, I'm buying. I'm in on that. Uh, take from Mitch, one you tried to give to me. Jameis Winston will have a Pro Bowl-level season with 4,400-plus yards and 25-plus touchdowns, despite the Bucs going 7-9 or 8-8. It's
0: exactly my expectation for Jameis Winston to the Buccaneers this year. Yes, big time. Uh, RJ Scorpion says, The next CBA should eliminate compensatory picks. They are literally designed to help good teams stay good by helping them replace key free agents. It punishes teams active in free agency and gives good teams an unfair advantage. What say you? I don't know if I agree
1: with this angle. T- to me, it's about helping teams that can't keep their players. It's about creating and striking a balance, typically with market size, right? Sure. Yeah. And cash availability. Like we've seen, you know, that was a big reason why the Raiders let or decided to trade Khalil Mack because they wanted to maximize the, their return on investment for him, and they didn't have the cash to pay him or at least they claim that they did. So I guess it's really what this encourages you to do is a draft good players, right? Helps retain, retain the good players that you do draft groundbreaking stuff. And if you're unable to do that, then it prevents you from getting completely fleeced because, there's heavy hitting teams with deep pocketed owners and and not every team is going to operate with the same business operating expenses
0: i think compix helps teams that have elite quarterbacks that can elevate the play of a roster and it allows them to not cling to replacement level players let them go get paid somewhere else and because they have that guy at quarterback they're going to be fine
1: We've almost gone the other way with this, you know. You just, RJ Scorpion wants us to get rid of comp picks. They've made them more valuable than ever because they yeah. allowed you to start trading them. Sure, those those picks you used to not be able to move. That was only a change that it was introduced. Like comp picks, like if it were so easy to exploit the comp picks, how come the Patriots are literally the only team that ever does it? Right. Well, literally the only they're the only them and the Philadelphia Eagles are the only two teams that will say, okay, we'll take that ninth year veteran player in exchange for a sixth round pick who's on an expiring contract (laughs) and get one level of really good play out of him, and then he's gonna go sign somewhere for his third contract, and we're gonna get a fourth round pick back for him. So we're gonna move up two rounds, finance it for 12 months, and we're over that 12 months, we're gonna get a really high level play at a position on our roster. They're the only two teams that do it.
0: I can't wait for you to read this next one. Just the Michelob Ultra
1: take, yeah, one and a half <laughs> Mick Ultras in. <laughs> That's me, <my> brother. <laughs> that sounds like a great night. I want to. I want to have a drink with Jordan sometime.
0: <laughs> Won't take much. You can. You can pay for his tab. It'd cost you eight
1: bucks. He'll be gone after three Mick Ultras. I'm one and a half Mick Ultras in and feeling a little hot takey. Somebody soundbite that, please, just with my voice. A ten plus win season and a playoff berth is not a far fetched proposition for the Bills. They've improved a lot this off season, have a great coach, and a reasonable schedule. Yeah,
0: so I, you know, every time I do a, a schedule projection for the Bills, I come out seven, eight, nine wins, something like that. So if the Bills were to achieve every bit of success, I think they can have in the regular season. Then they can get to that double-digit win um, area. I mean, this does come down to this is a really good defense, number two in the NFL last year. And there's a lot of belief that this offense is going to be better in Sean McDermott in year three. And I do think that the Bills have a good coaching staff. So there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. But, you know, I I think that there's a lot that would have to go right, specifically with Josh Allen and his development
1: in year two. So. Maybe, but I, I don't think I'm ready to what are what are your the, expectations? You said what you you said your expectations for Jameis Winston are like four thousand four hundred yards of 25 touchdowns. Yeah. What's your expectations for Josh Allen this year?
0: My expectation or my reasonable hope. Your expectation. What does that mean? Like statistical? Are you looking for stats right now? Just a, just a ballpark. Yeah, I think I don't think it's if Josh Allen can get to thirty five hundred passing yards on the season, that's going to be around two hundred and twenty a game. So I'm wanting him to average around two hundred twenty passing yards per game. I like to see his you know obviously his touchdown to interception ratio really take a a, a better turn towards touchdowns. Uh, the rush, yeah, I think he's still going to have to to run the football. You know, around seven hundred rushing yeah. yards. Hopefully, can challenge for eight, nine, ten touchdowns, something like that. But I think the the main thing, more than any stat, is there's reason to feel good about Josh going into year two. And I, I get that there's plenty of reasons to be concerned, but you know, there's probably a little bit more optimism than maybe some people thought going into year two. And that there's enough there to believe that he can be the guy. And so what I'm hoping after year two is for B to continue to believe that there's a chance that he can be the guy. And maybe that's soft and cowardly, but I. I think we have to go back and acknowledge that Josh is still a player that was raw coming out of Wyoming. And while he had some really exciting moments last year, he's got a lot of growth and it's hard for, for a guy like that to put it all together in one season. I'm interested, you know, we never saw Patrick Mahomes rookie season. Nobody knows what that would have looked like. And um, I'm hopeful that he failed forward a lot with the stuff that he went through last year. And that he's ready to go. I mean, in terms of the intangibles, the leadership, being the face, the franchise, man, he's done that stuff. He's done a really good job. Well, can he turn that into consistency on the field with all the stuff that we talk about in terms of putting it all together from, you know, the, from the mental side to the mechanic side to putting the football where it's supposed to go, challenging all levels of the field? It's all there for him to do it. He has to do it. But I think that's a big thing to say. He has to do it. There's a lot to be done.
1: Can I give you my numbers? have I have of- – I have numbers for like predictions for Josh this year. Okay. And I'm not trolling you when I say
0: that. I There's such a wide range of reasonable answers here. I'm I guess I'm more curious than I could be mad about anything.
1: I'd predict a jump in completion percentage, but nothing astronomical, so probably like 58% completion percentage. So that's about 5%? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just think his style of play, he's never going to be a guy that completes 63 to 65% of his passes.
0: Nope, never. No, I don't think he's, so.
1: He's too aggressive. So, you know, I think he is going to be a lower completion quarterback, but I think he will improve. Uh, between 32 and, and 3,400 passing yards. Okay. Uh, 20, 20 touchdowns passing, 18 interceptions, but then he's going to have like between six and 800 rushing yards and like eight rushing touchdowns.
0: So that's not all that far off from what I was saying. Here's the one thing that I go back to, like I think about Mitch Trubisky year uh, one to year two, you know, yeah. he went from a passer rating increase of 77.5 to 95.4. His completion percentage rose like 7%. He, and he was at 66% Uh 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions and 14 starts. He had 3,223 passing yards. And here, this is something that I think people miss when they talk about Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, finished third in the nfl in percentage of yards traveling at least 20 yards in the air he wasn't a dink and dunk guy that was a product of matt Nagy's system he was spinning the football
1: there's a lot of extended plays too right so like his legs.
0: like that to me that's the blueprint right in a lot of ways in terms of how you can realistically see josh making that jump because trubisky did it so there you go uh all right so i've got to move on here don't we Uh, Draft dudes. Here we go. Oh boy. This is, this is another doozy. Michael Christopher bringing the heat today for us. Daniel Jones during the draft process and after has gotten more hate than Josh Allen during his, when it's all said and done, Jones will have a better career than Allen because the giants have better offensive pieces in place.
1: Better career. How do you define better career? statistical I think Daniel Jones will take better care of the football I think Daniel Jones will also get propped up a lot because he's going to have a lot of yards after catch with with some of the weapons that he has in the grand scheme of things who do I think will go down as a better quarterback this is tough
0: it's almost That's like you, you like to – they have opposite strengths and weaknesses to an extent. Yes. It's like do. if you could take the best of Jones and give it to Allen and vice versa, like, you, hell, you got Patrick Mahomes.
1: <laughs> oh, maybe you got John Elway.
0: You yeah, still win two Super Bowls and go to the Hall of Fame with that now.
1: Yes, he would.
0: I, I, I very much disagree with – well, I don't know. The first sentence there, who was hated more, Daniel Jones or Josh Allen?
1: Josh Allen was hated more.
0: I think so too, but I didn't I wanted to be careful there because I'm obviously more
1: in tune with that hate than I am the Daniel Jones hate, but I mean Josh I think it got clo- it got close at the end. But I think the expectation was
0: What was that website Josh Allen had that they made the barstool made?
1: Oh, it was draftjoshallen.com.
0: Yeah, with all I mean, did, was there a draft
1: Daniel Jones.com Just shitting on him. No, no, no. But I don't know if they were pooping on him because like they like Josh Allen. Right. Because like Josh, Josh Allen's been on Barstool a bunch because he's part might take a bunch.
0: He he spinned that whole thing. He embraced it and just was like, all right, let's laugh about this and let's talk. And he did that like, a, you know, he didn't like he didn't go on there like. Spitting fire back at him. He's like, OK, guys, let's let's have a good laugh and move on.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to answer this one. I need to see Daniel Jones play a rookie season first. How's that? Do you th- I need to get something to compare it to. Can
0: you answer this question? Do you, he says specifically because the Giants will have better offensive pieces in place. Do you believe that over the course of either of their careers that the Giants will support Jones better than the Bills will
1: Allen? I think they have the best skill player right now. I don't know about total supporting cast. I think the Saquon Bills have a better supporting cast than the Giants, but the Saquon's obviously special. Yes, and I think they'll lean on him a ton. So yeah. don't break I don't him. out. Don't please don't break. <laughs> it. Uh, take from Dennis: the Denver Broncos are the AFC equivalent of the Washington Redskins. Running game is more effective than throwing the football. Bad receiving options. Superb pass rush duo. Average secondary. Finishing sub 500.
0: Okay, so Denver. Okay, Washington, Denver probably has a better running game. It's a little bit more proven. Denver's better at quarterback than Washington. Denver's better at receiver than Washington.
1: Yeah, Denver doesn't have bad receiving options.
0: So I'm saying Denver has a better pass rush than Washington. Secondaries are average, and they both finish. Our Chris Harris is a runner. great football player. Right, but I mean, if Landon Collins, I'm just trying to think in totality here. I think Denver's a better football team than Washington. I agree with you. But they're both sub-500 teams. I agree with you. Ryan Roberts says, with the potential of the 2020 cornerback class, the safety group has been overlooked so far. Outside of Grant Delpit, players like Xavier McKinney, Brandon Jones, and Richard LeCount could profile as potential first-round selections. I don't know who that last guy is.
1: Uh, it's Georgia kid. Oh, Really? I know about J.R. Reed the
0: there, but I didn't know about him.
1: I am very much here for the Xavier McKinney love. Good player. I don't know if I could get on board with Brandon. I don't know if Brandon Jones is diverse enough to be a potential first-round selection.
0: Did you see uh, Mike Renner mocked um, uh, for West Virginia safety in the first round today?
1: No, I did not see uh,
0: Kenny, Kenny Robinson. I know he's good. He, um He's a transfer. Okay, so he's a transfer from – he just announced he'd transfer from West Virginia. What team does he
1: play for? This is bizarre. He just transferred out of W – he was first team All-Big 12 last year.
0: It says asterisks. Kenny Robinson Jr. announced he'd transfer from West Virginia in June 2019. What freaking team does he play for? He's still in the
1: transfer portal. You're kidding. Okay. Yeah, he entered the transfer portal on June or June fourth. Well, go play somewhere, young man. All right. There's only one thing to do in these kinds of situations. Okay. You do Twitter search, <laughs> Kenny Robinson, and search for the latest. Tell us what you find. Uh, some dipshit named Kenny Robinson. Oh, you hate right. that, right? Yeah, I don't want to see accounts it's robinson not uh rob yeah robinson wvu all right uh, what team an an update an an update from july 3rd so a month after he announced he was transferring he was still in the transfer portal
0: he was at the xfl 2020 showcase kyle
1: oh geez louise this is bizarre Imagine. He
0: was seen at the
1: XFL Combine. What's he going to play 2020 with the XFL? (laughs) He's going to skip college football this year, go play XFL, and then get drafted in April? Oh, boy. A guy that PFF mocked in the first round today. That's crazy. This is wild. This is wild. Okay, so I'm here for the Xavier (laughs) 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 McKinney Uh, I don't know about the. I, I haven't seen enough of LeCount, uh, the count, the count, yeah, to have a, a formal take on him. But Brandon Jones, I think you're a little rich is suggesting him as a first. Round. I know he's like a height, weight, speed type guy, but uh, I don't see the man to man coverage that really adds value for potential safeties. Like even Isaiah Simmons, right? Like there's debate on if Isaiah Simmons is a linebacker or a safety. He can do both, and he's kind of like Xavier McKinney in that regard. McKinney's not quite as explosive or dynamic, but I think McKinney's probably a little bit better in coverage. So um, I think that's the model in the mold for first-round safeties unless you're like a true free safety or like a Jamal Adams-slash-Grant Delta type player. No, Joe, we got to touch this last one. (laughs) We We have a sheet. We have a sheet. That has all the takes and, and it's a live document so we can edit this as we go. And <laughs> Joe just writes, you can rap if you want to. And There's one take left and it's the worst take of the day. We have to touch. <laughs> For the second
0: time this summer, we have to talk about this?
1: Yes. God. Cameron Spencer. My coworker Brandon said, Patrick Mahomes is overrated. Once NFL defenses figure out this no look past bullshit, <laughs> he'll go back to being good, not great. You see Ryan Fitzpatrick hit another right. no-look pass he in the did. preseason game? So Patrick Mahomes, is, I mean, that's his trajectory.
0: He's the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah, logging in. As if that was the only thing he ever did good. Come on. Yeah, no Why true. do people not want Patrick Mahomes? Like, he's like the most likable freaking superstar there ever was. But we've had two different takes turned in that we know of that are documented that people put in writing and hit send that he's overrated.
1: Imagine.
0: And Derwin James is overrated,
1: too. Imagine. Great football players are just great football players. Yeah, they don't have to be bad just because they don't play for your team. Right! You feel better? Yeah. We're going to wrap. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Uh, another marathon, Joe. We cut this one under 40 minutes, though. So imagine listening to a 42-minute podcast. Then Maybe people did yesterday. Imagine they did. They probably did. Well, they no they don't have to listen to one today. We get this one done in thirty seven. So appreciate you guys listening to the Draft use podcast. Hope you enjoyed takes on takes. We're gonna finish conference previews uh, through next Monday. So we got three this uh, week yet, and then Monday of next week we'll finish with the the other Power Five. Then we should probably do uh, like group of six at least gloss over some of the notable teams. But we'll we'll debate that and figure out what we want to do there. So let us know if you want us to do that at Grinding Tape at the Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.